This episode is brought to you by Ritani. Buying an engagement ring? Check out Ritani. All of their rings are handcrafted in New York. Shop online and they'll ship overnight to you or a Ritani jeweler close to you. You design a ring, they handcraft it, and you see it in store for free. Plus, they offer no hassle returns. It's that easy. And this month, they're giving away a diamond. A diamond! Just that! Go to R-I-T-A-N-I dot com slash tech today for the free diamond giveaway. My dad is kind of the quintessential raspberry pie educator type. He works at this pretty tiny rural school in Maine that has no computer science program to speak of. So he went and has kind of been involved in raspberry pie community and using them since, I would say, like right about when they launched in 2012. He has, I think, a classroom with 12 of them in it now, and he brings all these students who have never done anything with actual coding and teaches them Scratch, which is a super easy programming language that lets you kind of draw and animate things. So they start with making little triangles, and then they make mazes, and then suddenly he finds them wanting to do all sorts of higher-reaching cool things like building hidden doors and obstacles, and suddenly they're all coding and not realizing it. I I wish somebody, like, did that for me. Like, I want to brag. But I was in, you know, one of those advanced elementary school programs. Oh, of course. Where they're like, oh, you're a smart kid. Uh, But all I did was study monarch butterflies for three years. (laughs) I mean, the closest I had uh, was my school when I was in middle school had the one laptop per child program going on. Oh, wow. And so I got to be on the I-team, which meant I could tell people to take their first generation like Mac laptops to the tech office to get re-imaged. That's all I could do. Oh, boy. Childhood. Let's start the show. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I am your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant. Today, I'm joined by my friend and colleague and a person that I visited uh, Vancouver with. And we went to a really nice brunch. I don't know why I'm remembering it right now, but... It was such a good brunch. It was like a a violet petal coffee. What was that? It was amazing. There was like, there was hot chocolate. It was like violet hot chocolate and stuff like that, too. I want... It's it's a rainy day here, so I'm assuming it's raining whenever everyone listens to this. And I hope that this episode, they enjoy as much as a violet-flavored hot chocolate. That is high standards. <laughs> I, I realize that I set the bar maybe too high. Um, you're the video director at The Verge. Well, you're one of... You're one of, one of several, yeah. And you also are uh, one of my favorite people to talk about science with. You have your own YouTube thing. I, you should plug it now. Uh, tell people a little bit about it right now. Okay. I have a YouTube channel which focuses on environmental activism for the most part. So if you're into learning about all the sad things that are happening to coral and sharks, check that out. You want to say where it is? Yeah, it's <laughs> youtube.com slash Zentoro, if you can figure out how to spell it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, today, though, we're talking about Raspberry Pi, which is not the dessert that would go with a cup of violet-flavored coffee. It is something else. Let's start right there. What is Raspberry Pi? Well, I can tell you when I was doing like some backup research for this, I accidentally got on the Pinterest for Raspberry Pi, assuming in my thoughts that it would just be the computer, and it turned out to be actual Raspberry Pi, so I was thrown for a loop for a second. Not but it's, so bad. <laughs> it's basically a very, very small computer. It's about the size of a deck of cards, but it's a fully functioning desktop computer that can run several flavors of Linux OS and two Windows versions, I think. Okay, and what was like the original 
purpose of having a computer the size of a deck of cards that can run something like that? Well, the whole mission, so the Raspberry Pi computers are made by the Raspberry Pi Foundation, and the basic goal of it, it's UK-based, and they realized that as computers became more prevalent and more expensive and more important, like workhorses in our daily life, people stopped messing with them. So people were coming up into university not having a strong backup foundation in coding. People could do like web design and all of this surface level computer stuff, but none of the really far down the levels of abstraction coding. So a bunch of nerdy guys got together and built this tiny computer that'd be cheap enough that you wouldn't feel bad about frying it or like completely tearing apart the OS and doing all sorts of wicked weird things to it. You mentioned the foundation. Can you tell me a little bit more about like, I guess maybe its origin or like what it actually is? Yeah. So the Raspberry Pi Foundation is the nonprofit that came out of the University of Cambridge Computer Laboratory. That whole mission is to create these Raspberry Pi computers. So there's there's two wings of Raspberry Pi. There's the commercial wing that sells the actual computers, but then there's the whole driving force of the foundation that not only promotes the message of using these for educational purposes and encourages this huge community to mess with it as much as they can, but also gives a lot of money to schools and programs to give them these little computers. Are they the only people making these, or is it like something that that people can actually make their own Raspberry Pi, essentially. I think you probably could make your own Raspberry Pi. There's a lot of other really small computer chips out there, but, like, you have to buy all of the pieces. Like, they get a pretty good deal from Broadcom that makes their chips for manufacturing it. They're re- they're full boards, which is what's cool about them. So it's, like, the stress-free version. And they're also, like, not super expensive. Yeah, they're, I think their their flagship model is 35 bucks. Okay, so they're very cheap. <laughs> they're, ve- they're, like, incredibly cheap, but all you're getting is the board. You don't get a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse. You still have to provide all of those things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but in, in return, you get a computer the size of a deck of cards. Right. It's like still pretty powerful for what it does. Like you can you can run a full version of Minecraft on it. Okay. 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 Wait. 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 Let's. <laughs> we're gonna back up because I think that just got. A, that seems a little crazy to me. But let's talk about the community and kind of like the people outside. I guess Raspberry Pi Foundation and like what role have they played? And I guess shaping the technology, but also kind of shaping what it's used for. Yeah, I mean, I think the community is a huge part of how it's been so successful because the idea of such a cheap, very functional computer just opens it up to an unimaginably large possibility of things that people can do with it. And the foundation is really supportive of all the things that the community has done. So they like have all these big events that they call Raspberry Jams, where you can come and mess with your pies that they like support. <laughs> Uh, and they, I think because it became so popular, like I think every single time they've launched a new one, it's immediately sold out and they haven't ever been able to like really catch up with the demand. In terms of like the physical hardware, have there been like improvements or are like modules that have been added over the years or does it look basically how it's always looked? It looks for the most part the same. It's gotten some slight tweaks. It's gotten more powerful over the years since 2012. There's been, there's the Raspberry A and B, which slowly got more RAM and an Ethernet port. And then they got the 2 and the 3, which finally has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in it. And then there's the Raspberry Zero, which is the $5 one that's even smaller. And they have a camera module, so you can like do all these cool things with visual and computer vision right now. Okay, so when, before this episode, I was doing a little bit of research. Okay. Because I know so little about it that I was afraid that I would not even know if it's pronounced Raspberry Pi. Like, maybe I was getting it wrong. Some people call them Razzes, which I don't... Oh, my gosh. I like you know what? I'm going to stick with Raspberry Pi. Razzes, too. Yeah, I like calling them the, my pies. That sounds better. Yeah. 
I also liked raspberry jam. I like how this couldn't possibly confuse anyone. <laughs> no confusion <laughs> at all. <laughs> but when I was looking looking up stuff about it, I saw like tons of like potential operating systems for it that seemed like very specific. And I'm curious why why are so many operating systems available for something rather than like oh it has one version of Linux, one version of Windows, you'll get by. I think it's because they're so small, people can use them for tons of different things. So you could set them up to just be like an information kiosk that just runs Ubuntu and like some of the more standard flavors of Linux. But because of their size flexibility, you can do all sorts of wacky things with them. Like there's RetroPie that lets you basically build a gaming emulator. And I've seen people on the internet build arcade cases or like Game Boy cases that look and function almost exactly the same but have an emulator inside run by a pie. Okay, okay. So at the the beginning of the episode, we talked about your father in schools and stuff like that. How have schools, I guess, adopted Raspberry Pi into their curriculum? I know in the UK where it's based, there's loads of programs that have built their entire or the foundation of their computer science, computer learning programs around these little machines because it's so much cheaper for a school to buy 12, 24, $35 machines and a bunch of monitors instead of several hundred dollar Dells or something. Yeah. And it gets the same functionality because these kids aren't pushing these computers to crazy like clocking out limits. They just want to, I think my fondest memories in school with the computer lab was this like weird click and paint program. But now kids can build that program with something like Scratch and draw their own thing, whatever wild imaginations they can come up with. That is crazy to think like when we were in school, you used arts programs to like make art and now you can like actually make the art program. Right. It's wild. That makes my head hurt and also makes (laughs) me think that I'm going to be lapped by civilization before I die. Oh, I mean, my younger siblings are already far more intelligent in every way and can do way cooler things than I can. That's really encouraging. (laughs) Um, To to kind of wrap this up, what what are some of the best uses you've seen? And I I think this we can kind of dig at for a while because I imagine there are quite a few different things. There's so many cool things out there. I mean, I mentioned the the building your own arcade cabinets or like a, a Game Boy thing. Game Boy Pie is what they call them. And what's really cool about all the weird things that you see out there is they all have these very, very, each one, each project has its own really hyper detailed blog where the person like goes from step one to end to like every improvement they've ever made on it so you can like go home and find any of these things and just build them yourself so like i've been wanting to build one of the arcade cabinets for so long i just haven't had the time but other cool ones i've seen is like a magic mirror which has a display of the weather in your twitter feed and who's ever texted you the night before just in your mirror when you wake up just through a transparent mirror all run by the pie <laughs> nothing so, creepy about that nothing at all. creepy at all and then oh one i saw a couple of weeks ago he built a fully functioning motorized dolly to take time lapses based on the pie. I think it like full total cost was like 160 something bucks, which is a fraction of the cost of an actual yeah. motorized dolly. So wait, so the, the, the Raspberry Pi is like basically timing out how like when the dolly should move very, yeah. very gradually. So like I believe they connected to the camera to know exactly how many times or how often the camera was taking its time lapse photo. And then it also was connected to this dolly system and two nine volt battery motors and all of these like little rotor pieces you bought on eBay that just squeaked it down the dolly system. It's so it's so interesting because what it reminds me of is I guess when I was a kid you you went to Radio Shack, right? Mm-hmm. And you would buy like just these weird blunt components to like whatever project you were making and you could create like lots of I guess very like rudimentary machines, but now it seems like you add it basically can add a brain to anything 
that I would have made as a kid, right? Like, yeah. now it's not just this, like, robot that, like, basically walks at the same speed no matter what. It's, oh, this is a machine that I can put a brain into it and have it do, like, way more complex things. And essentially, I'm buying that brain as I would buy any other piece when I go shopping for mechanical parts. Yeah, exactly. And so the, the brain, is, the beauty of this brain is not only does it add intelligence to the whatever machine you created, but it also has a way of communicating back with you and has like, you can build feedback sensors into your smartphone and control it and talk to it and make all these wild things. I saw someone who made a supercomputer out of 64 stacked pies. Oh my gosh. But which is cool in itself and was, like, I think a, a research project for school. But my favorite part of it is they made the rack out of Legos. Because I was like, if you're going to go nerd, you got to go full, you go all the way. full nerd. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, there's one other thing that I, I just realized that you had mentioned to me before the show that I want to hit before we wrap up. And this is, I, I mentioned that if I didn't know how to pronounce Raspberry Pi correctly. This is a word I do not know how to pronounce correctly. I'm going to try. Okay. Arduinos. Oh, yeah. Arduinos. Can you, yeah, tell me a little bit about those <laughs> and, and how they uh, compare contrast with Raspberry Pi. So where Raspberry Pi is a general purpose computer, like it's an actual full enclosed computer system, Arduinos are more uh, like a controller motherboard kind of thing. You can you can tell it to do one task repeatedly over and over again. So it's really great in like the maker community uh, where you would want to have a like a head that moves left and right and up and down. And so you feed it a signal and then it can do that kind of movement. So if you want to build robots, their functions, the Arduino computers are good for that. But like the best part about them is you can daisy chain up a Raspberry Pi to work with an Arduino. So like one of the coolest things I've seen, and I saw it, I think it came out in the Raspberry Pi newsletter a couple weeks ago, is this guy built a uh, stereoscopic robot guy that you can attach a cardboard to your head and look through the two little camera eyes he built. And the head's controlled by an Arduino motion, and then it's got... Or actually, no, that one wasn't controlled by Arduino. It's controlled by something else whose name I can't pronounce either. But it was a similar to an Arduino, a microcontroller robot arm, basically. So basically, it allowed you to see through the eyes of your robot. Yeah, in stereoscopic, so like your VR of some kind, looking around as you control this robot. I don't know if I've ever felt like less prepared for the future. <laughs> than I do at the end of this episode. Well, it's not a scary future. It's more of like a lot of weird, tiny things kind of future oh, running no, around it, being strange. Yeah, it's like a happy future. Oh, it's, sure. it's more of a like, I have no practical skills. <laughs> like, it's like a future full of Wally's weird step cousins. Yeah, and, and people who know how to actually like make them and then like me. The beauty <laughs> of it is they're super easy. Like, That's I should I should like try. You just get one and then go online and Google what can I do with my Raspberry Pi and you'll get pages and pages <laughs> and pages and you can pick the weirdest or the most normal one. Like I run my music center off my Pi. Really boring, but it's like the best thing in my apartment. Still impressive. Okay, I'm gonna do this and then after I do it, we're gonna report back and do a follow up. Heck yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for doing today's episode. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our producer Andrew Marino. Actually, wait. Rewind. Miriam, do you have anything else that you'd like to plug? Oh, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Fast forward. <laughs> and thank you to you, our listener, for being here. We honestly would not do the show without you because it would be kind of weird if we were just like recording into oblivion. If you would like to prevent us from recording into oblivion, I recommend that you go to iTunes and leave a review. It helps us so, so, so much. And even though we've been doing this show for a long time now, uh, it still still means a lot. Here's the thing. After you do that, you can go to Spotify now 
you can find the show there. Just search for What's Tech, or you can go to The Verge. We're always there, or we're on Twitter, at What's Tech. There's so many wonderful places to find us, specifically here every Tuesday. Until next Tuesday, I will see you later. Goodbye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.